0: Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to sing about the wonderful name of Jesus. And Lord, it will, uh, through eternity, Lord, we'll rejoice in the name, the one who saved us, the one who loved us. Thank you for church. Thank you for giving us just a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. And now, Lord, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word May your will be accomplished in and through the message. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There were seven churches in Asia Minor in the early days of Christianity. These were churches that John the Revelator penned letters to from God. These churches can represent types of churches of our day. These seven churches all had strengths and they all had weaknesses. We learn from their strengths. We also learn from their weaknesses. The letters were written not only to them, but the letters were written to them and for us as they were preserved in God's inspired word for you and I to know today and to apply to our lives. Our text is about the church of Laodicea. This church is marked by its condition described as lukewarm. He said you are neither cold nor hot. Not only does the Bible tell us that God was disappointed, in them he says that their behavior caused God to be sick. He was sick at their behavior. He is disappointed in them and he tells them, you see yourselves as wealthy and in need of nothing, but I see you far different. I see you as poor and naked, miserable and blind. My message tonight is not to deal with the condition of the Laodicean church. That church was left in ruins and it's interesting to look at the pictures that you can find on the internet of the Church of Laodicea. They're just rocks and pillars of, of stone that are left, but it is nothing more than memories today. My purpose is to preach tonight on this subject, the suffering of the Lord Jesus. The longsuffering of the Lord notice again if you will in verses 19 and 20 where the Bible says as many as I love I rebuke and chasten now my response my response on the inside toward that is good I want him to rebuke me I want him to chasten me because I desire to do what's right I want to be pleasing to him so he says as many as I love I rebuke and chasten be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now here's the picture in the message tonight. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, and so he knocks and he speaks, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. There are three observations I want to make note of in the beginning of the message tonight. First of all, I want you to notice who he is talking to. In my opinion of the seven churches, this church was in the worst spiritual condition of them all. He is speaking to the church of Laodicea. Oftentimes we refer to the Laodicean church as the church of the last days and perhaps it is a picture of the church in our last days before uh, the return of Christ and again my purpose is not to talk about the condition of the church but the long suffering of God toward his children. I would point out that of the seven churches he addresses this in my opinion the worst of spiritual conditions in this manner. Second of all I want you to notice his care for them, he loves them. He comes to them with a hurting heart as a parent of a wayward child or a parent that desires to help a child, but the child will not let them help them. Have you ever had a child to get hurt and you could help them and they didn't want you to touch it, they didn't want you to help them, they just wanted to continue, they just kept running and screaming. And Jesus said, I want to help you. He said, I'm trying to help you. That's why I come. I love you. I care about you. In fact, one of the sweetest statements to me in all the Bible is in the book of Jonah where the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Aren't you glad God loves you? But Aren't you glad God continues to love you? Aren't you glad God is not just patient with us? God is long-suffering with us. The third thing I want you to see is the statement, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Statement number one, this is the worst spiritual condition of the seven churches. Statement number two, his care for them. He loves them. Number three, he said, I stand at the door and knock. Now, this does not mean that as he passed by, he knocked on their door. It means I have taken a position outside your door. I'm standing here knocking and he said, if you will hear my voice. So not only is he knocking, he is speaking and he is calling to the church. And if you notice, he is saying here, I want to come in and have fellowship with you. This is the illustration I thought of to help us better understand him taking a position at the door. It's like you trying to take a bath and a child knocks at the door. And they say, Mommy. Mommy. You get it, don't you? You say, I'll be out in a minute. And they say, Mommy. Fifteen minutes later, you finally make it out. What is it? I wanted to show you this. I colored this picture. I want you to understand that Jesus is not just passing by and he just so happened to knock at the door. There is a relationship. There is a connection. There are people that he loves on the inside. He is on the outside and he has taken a position and he's going to keep knocking until something happens. I want you to notice, if you will, the Lord Jesus, as he comes to the church, his desire is to fellowship with them. If any man will hear my voice, uh, he will come in and sup with him. He is speaking of fellowship and communion together. I don't know about you, but it's just overwhelming in thought to me to realize God wants to spend time with me. God wants to spend time with you. That's all he said. He, he, he didn't say, get out of there and go do my commandments. Now, certainly the instruction is in the Bible. But here he said, if you will, please just let me in. I want to fellowship with you. I want us to sup together. I want us to eat together. I want us to fellowship together. That's what the Lord Jesus is saying. I don't know about you, but I don't enjoy eating alone. Now, now that doesn't mean I don't eat unless I'm with someone, <laughs> but 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 I I traveled I traveled, uh, traveled uh, two hundred thousand miles this year. I traveled uh, I had one hundred flights when I came home on Wednesday from Arkansas this week. The flight from Arkansas to Atlanta. Was flight number ninety-nine the flight from Atlanta home? Wednesday was the one hundredth flight. I don't know how many trips I took driving to preach. I preached over uh, five hundred times this year, so I, 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 I travel a lot. I never ever stop and eat at a restaurant when I'm alone. It's just not worth it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy eating alone. Now it doesn't mean I don't eat. I'll take a. Sorry to say a bag of peanuts. I'll take some bags of peanuts. In fact, I could probably skip a lot of meals and just snack my way to heaven. I probably could. Now, if my wife is with me, I enjoy the fellowship of a meal. I enjoy it. Otherwise, it's it's just to go through a drive-through. It's just just to keep moving. And he's saying here, I'd like to sit down and just fellowship with you. Would you think about that just for a moment and realize you can give God something no one else can give him. You can give him your attention. You can give him your affection. You can give him your praise, only you can give that to him for you. There are Christians and there are churches this evening that are out of fellowship with the Lord. While they belong to him, while they belong to him, they do not fellowship with him. The sweet fellowship is broken. The joy of communion is not present. God desires it. And he stands at the door. He takes a position at the door. And he knocks. Let's look a little Further into the word, God is long suffering. The word simply means suffers long or to suffer for an extended period of time. I want to make sure that I differentiate between long suffering and waiting, long suffering and patience, they're two different things. I can wait without suffering. I can be patient without suffering. What does it mean when it says God is long-suffering? It means he suffers long. Uh, One idea, a person goes to a hospital emergency room in pain and you have to wait for a little while, and what is a short while seems like a long time. And sometimes what is a long time seems like an eternity. You're suffering long. You're not just waiting. You need attention. There's a difference in there. You're not just patiently waiting. You're hurting. You need help. I remember what month it was. Maybe it was in the summertime. I came home and my, my wife said, you, you look pale. Are you all right? I said, I'm not. I have the oddest pain in my chest. I can't take a deep breath and it got worse and so uh, I called my doctor and he said "Uh, go on to the emergency room I'll meet you there and so I went to the doctor and they found out it was pleurisy in my chest and they cared for it fairly soon but when I was waiting man I was suffering and I suffered a long time at least 20 minutes (laughs) and I was afraid I was having a heart attack that's what I thought I thought man I am having a heart attack hey folks you people back there on the phone what are you doing i'm hurting (laughs) at first they thought with what i told them perhaps i was having a heart attack so they put me in a bed and they put a nitroglycerin under my tongue lady came in 10 minutes later she said how are you doing i said now my head hurts as bad as my chest is hurting (laughs) she said that's good news i said good news i said i'm hurting twice as bad as was when i came in here She said, well, it's good, it's not your heart. And they found out it was not my heart at all, but I still had to have a headache. Have you ever had a nitroglycerin pill? Boy, I tell you what, don't ever fake a heart attack because it ain't worth it. (laughs) But there's a difference in waiting and long-suffering. There's a difference in just wanting in a door or long-suffering. Jesus is not just waiting outside for fellowship, He's hurting. He's not just waiting outside. It's not that if you have time, maybe we could have a cup of coffee. No, he is saying here, I saved you for fellowship. I restored you back to me. I redeemed you back to me. And when you lock me out of your life and when you push me out of your life, that is not an easy thing. That is a difficult thing. And I'm standing here knocking. I'm standing here speaking. I'm long-suffering. I'm hurting. I want to restore the fellowship with you. I was called to the hospital some time ago. A young man in his early 20s had a motorcycle accident. When they called me, they told me it was urgent, so I rushed to the hospital. I went to the room where the young man was. The doctors had been working on him, and after standing there for a few minutes, the doctors that were there, and there were several, they said to me, they said, Pastor, the family, they know you. They called for you. Uh, The young man's not going to live. Uh, His brain is hemorrhaging. It's swollen. He's not going to live. Would you go to the waiting room? and prepare them and they'll come in in a few minutes to the room where the young man is when i went out to the waiting room the parents stood and uh, i said Let, let's sit down just a moment i just spoke to the doctor and, and uh, things are not good and i'm sorry but they, they don't think your son is going to live and and they, they stood back up they said we want to go in we want to see him They were long-suffering. They were hurting. They were suffering long. They wanted in to see their son. And what seemed like an eternity in a few minutes, I did go in with them to see their son, and we stood there in the last few moments of his life as his heart stopped beating and life ended. Can I tell you something? God serious about fellowship with you. You say, I don't mean anything to God. You don't? You mean God gave his son to suffer what he suffered, to die on the cross, to redeem you not just from sin but to him. He didn't redeem us just to pay for our sin. When God is long-suffering, God is saying, I long to fellowship with you. Numbers chapter 14 describes him like this. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Psalm 86 verse number 15. But thou, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. I, I think it's sad that folks love God when he's meeting their needs. I think it's sad when God's left outside because we don't need him right now. We just keep our spare tire there in case we do. Can i tell you it's time for you to quit using God as a spare tire, as a spare wheel, and start using him as the steering wheel of your life. Romans 2, verse number 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering. Knowing not that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Colossians one, verse number eleven, strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, long suffering with joyfulness. What does that mean? That means God's willing to suffer long. He's willing to wait because he looks forward to the joyfulness that's going to be had when the sweet fellowship is restored. I can't imagine not talking to God in the morning. I can't imagine waking waking up at night and not thinking about God I want my relationship to be with, with him to be to the place I don't, I, don't, I don't have to have a preacher to remind me and say oh I've been, I forgot about God I haven't thought of him since Wednesday God wants to talk to me on Monday as much as he does on Sunday God saved me for Him. Now that's a bit overwhelming and it's a bit beyond my comprehension to realize God loves me that much but God does and He wants to fellowship with me. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness but is long suffering to usward. He's not just waiting. He's hurting. He's not just patient. He longs within. He hurts within to fellowship with His people. King David sinned against God. I'll not go through his sin, but for a year David was miserable with the result of his sin. By the way, sin only makes you happy for just a few minutes, but it makes you pay in suffering for a long time. And David is hurting, David is suffering in the result of his sin. And it seems that at least a year from what I can understand in scripture before David comes and repents of his sin as recorded in Psalm 51. But may I say, David was not the only one that was suffering. There was a God, there was a heavenly Father. He wanted their relationship restored. He was the one standing outside David's life. David, will you let me in? David, I can help you. David, I can give you joy back. David, I can give you happiness back. Just let me in, David. Please, David, let me in. You're not the only one hurting from your sin. David, I'm your father and I love you. I'm suffering and David, I want to restore our fellowship. Thank God for the day that the psalmist fell on his face and he confessed his sin. He forsook the iniquity. He got rid of the transgression and all the joy of singing and the song that was restored. Jesus back in his life in sweet harmony and fellowship. May I say tonight, I don't want God to suffer waiting for me. I want God to fellowship with me. I think it's Peter who no doubt loved the Lord Jesus. Peter was a tough individual. Some folks could not take the words, the verbiage of the Lord Jesus to them that he spoke to Peter. He's pretty hard on Peter. Peter loved the Lord. You know the story, he denied Christ, and when he did, the rooster began to crow. The Bible says of Peter that he went out and he wept bitterly. Peter, you're not the only one suffering. Peter, you're not the only one hurting. Your heavenly father loves you. Can I tell you when the young man, the prodigal son, came home, here's what he said I've sinned against you, I've sinned against heaven can I tell you something god hurts our sin you understand that when our children they go to a place of disobedience or they have an attitude of rebellion can I tell you something as a parent, that hurts because you realize what that sin would lead them to, what that rebellion, and you hurt, and you think, I could help you if you just listen, if you just let me help you. I want to tell you something. As David suffered for his sin and Peter wept bitterly, his heavenly father, he too was suffering long. As the nation of Israel would wander away from the will of God and worship of the Lord to serve their selfish, heathen gods, he would send prophets to preach to them. They suffered in their sin. Not long before the time of Passover, not long before the time of crucifixion, you see the Lord Jesus as he looks into Jerusalem, What's he doing? Patiently waiting? He's suffering long. What does he say? Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. How oft would I have gathered thee as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings? And ye would not. The father suffered as the nation suffered in sin. 1 Peter chapter 3, the Bible says in verse 20, which sometime were disobedient when once the longsuffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing. I say in closing, his longsuffering lasts a long time, but it doesn't last forever. I give you three statements and I'm finished with the message tonight. Number one, if your fellowship with God is broken. If your fellowship with God is broken, it's up to you to open the door and let him in. There's no question about his love. No question about his forgiveness. No question about his compassion. I don't have to beg God to come and spend time with me. That's why I redeemed me. If our fellowship with God is broken, it's up to us to let him back in. I'll give you the second statement. Don't be angry at God because he won't leave you alone. Don't be angry at God because he won't leave you alone. God, I wish you'd just leave me alone. I can't. I can't. I gave my son. You belong to me. I can't walk away from you. Don't be angry at God. Sometimes that child that won't quit knocking on the door, you think, I get a hold of that kid. And then they say, look, Daddy, I made this just for you. Don't get angry at God. And I say last of all and I've said it through the message the one thing God made us for and only you can do for God what you can do and that's to fellowship with him. I know a family tonight that's had a difficult two years. The family's been broken because of sin and rebellion in the home. A family I love and Not part of our church, but I prayed for many, many times. I don't know how many times I've talked to a parent that could only listen. They could not speak because of broken heart and tears. They prayed for their child that was away from God. They prayed for God, and away from them, they prayed for God to protect their lives. I got word not long ago that the wayward child had made things right with God. And with the family, they were so glad. And the dad said to me, Preacher, there were times I wanted to give up. I just couldn't give up. And that's what kind of heavenly father we have. He loves us enough not just to wait for us, not just to be patient. But he suffers long. I want to say tonight, if you're away from the will of God, he's standing at the door. His voice is speaking. And I want to tell you, he can help. (laughs) He can. Stand with me if you will.